0: Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker, and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, changemakers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. welcome back to the power hour podcast today i am joined by the wonderful tess daily and today she joins me to talk about her brand new book four steps to a healthier happier you eat breathe move sleep tess welcome to the podcast hi thanks very much for having me oh i'm so so happy to be talking to you and to be honest wellness well-being is something that i talk about a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. and it can often it can often seem depending on the topic it can often seem quite rigid um, but i often say that life happens so whether that's fitting in my own personal well-being and routines around training around mm-hmm. the kids around school holidays around mm-hmm work all the different commitments that we have i hear you exactly which is why i thought that you'd be great to have this conversation today about how all of these different pillars of well-being how they have to fit in with a busy schedule and with a busy life yeah it's so
1: true isn't it because i think as women we rarely invest enough time and energy into ourselves we've got so many responsibilities everybody needs us which is lovely you know I love to give the love, but we, we are needed in so many aspects of our lives. And it can seem hard sometimes to, fend- to spend a few minutes on yourself every day, uh, to find that little window of time that is just sort of for resetting yourself. So with my book, I just wanted to, it's sort of like my well-being manual, if you like, of life hacks that work for my lifestyle, don't take a lot of time, aren't expensive to execute, and are actionable and easy to sustain. So that they become healthy habits because i think if things are not easy to sustain in our lives they tend to fall by the wayside so yeah i think as well these habits that i've that i'm talking about in the book about eating healthily about moving a little bit more for flexibility about sleeping enough so that we are sufficiently recharged and about breathing properly and mindfully so that it's you know breath is a healing tool that not many of us are tapped into of course we all do it <laughs> we all do it but we're not necessarily doing it thoroughly hmm. um Gosh. so yeah I feel really passionate about about this about the book and it's just you know I've been passionate about wellness my entire adult life so it's really exciting to be able to share this passion with other like-minded people
0: mm, absolutely well it shows I mean you are a vision a picture of well-being and oh so wish. You are, and I'm sure people <laughs> oh, are going to no. want to know, they're going to know, how does she do it? Let's no. learn all the tips, all the tricks. And as you said, things that are actionable and things that you can sustain, because that's yeah. also sometimes people's approach is very on and off when it comes to well being or exercise or diet mm-hmm. and lifestyle. And they'll say, right, okay, I'm going to do this for a couple of weeks. And then it yeah. falls by the wayside. Or maybe they'll say, you know, in the new year, let's do something new or summer, let's do something new. But as we know, you know, life happens, as I said, there's ups, downs, ebbs and flows. And I think if we can create things that we can always go back to that we can always have there that's going to be yeah much better for our overall well-being in the long run. Exactly.
1: So let's get into the
0: book and let's dive into the four pillars. I'd actually like to start with sleep because mm-hmm. I think it's one that well, I think it's definitely had a lot of a lot more attention over the last few years, but I do think it's something that I see people kind of roll their eyes. I'm like, you know, how's your sleep routine? How, are you getting enough sleep? And people think, well, you know what, in an ideal world, yes, but I'm busy and I've got lots going on maybe social life or work commitments. So I think sleep is a really kind of... Um, Undervalued or something that people you know discount quite quickly. So, I'd love Same. to start with sleep. Mm-hmm. You have a busy life, you have family, you have work, and working in the entertainment industry, especially means that I'm sure you probably have early call times, long days, getting yeah. home late. So, how do you, with all those things, manage your own sleep routine and sleep hygiene?
1: Well, quality sleep is obviously just essential, isn't it, for our health. We don't get enough, it's bad for us, we get run down. We risk burnout. And most of us don't get enough sleep. I know I could do with an hour more every night in an ideal world. But if I can get six and a half hours for me, that works. Seven and a half, maybe on a Sunday, I'm winning. I'm bouncy. <laughs> Properly bouncy. But it's just, yeah, with the hours that I do and the job that I keep, they're very sort of different hours. No, no two days are the same, really. And so you tend to get up early, you start early, and then often you're still doing things late at night, whether that's filming or shoots or whatever it may be. So I have to, you know, it's, I can't work if I haven't slept. I literally, you know, you don't function, do you? To your maximum potential if you just haven't had a decent sleep the night before. And I remember when I first became a parent 18 years ago um, and the lack of sleep just literally knocked me sideways. And I had to work. I had to go back to work six weeks after becoming a mum. And that was kind of, you know, you don't know what to do in those early days. You don't know how, you don't know how many times your baby's going to wake up in the night for a feed and it's just a big learning curve and a, just the biggest sleep deprivation period of my life I ever had uh, with my first child. And so coming off that and then having to go to work a few weeks later and having to speak live when every sort of word counts and your brain's befuddled with not only baby hormones, but just lack of sleep and fatigue coming from that, I just could never go through that again. So I sort of learnt ways that I could, that you know, ways to sort of calm myself before bed. So I'll read something. I'll keep a pile, a stack of books by the bed, usually sort of calming, self-help, wellness books that are just you know send me off into a lovely, calm sleep. I do that. I would sort of get all devices out of my bedroom. I did everything I could once my baby started sleeping through the night to you know to to facilitate a good night's sleep. And I've been passionate about it ever since because. I can't do my job to my best ability if I haven't slept well. And also you notice it in your skin gets dehydrated, you feel achy, you don't feel springy and vibrant. So, I, you know, most of us don't get enough sleep. We definitely could do a little bit more. And I think it's the, a lot of the simple things really help for me, such as taking devices out of the room, not being on my phone half an hour before bed, which is tempting, do you know what I mean? You wanna Google something pleasant sometimes before you go off into the land of dreams. You know, for me, it would be a house in the south of France by the sea. That would be my dream. But if I look and I'm Googling, I'm not going to sleep for 45 minutes when I've turned the lights out. So I tend to just take the devices out of the room, read something, maybe do a little yoga stretch before bed as well. That helps me relax. And then if I lie there and I'm feeling restless, I'll do a few breathing exercises where I just concentrate, do a few mindful breathing exercises where I count the breaths in and count a little longer on the exhale. And that always helps, really, kind of like settle me and settle the racing thoughts Mm. that don't let us sleep. Well, we're going to come on to
0: talk about breath as well. But before Mm. we do, I mean, honestly, I'll be very honest with you and the listeners. The sleep deprivation that you just described, Mm. my son and my stepchildren are older. They're not babies. So I often go to bed and sleep all night. But the last few days in our house, everybody's been poorly. Everybody's been ill. And we've been up (sighs) in the night and it's been like it's been like musical beds, you know, sheets, changing beds. Everyone's been poorly. And exactly what you described then of having, you know, yesterday I had just such brain fog. I actually Mm. couldn't I really couldn't function and when when you think that if you're sleep deprived day after day week after week i think Mm -hmm. often people have become used to it and they just feel like that all the time and they don't actually realize until they start to maybe as you said switch off devices earlier or some people it's reducing caffeine and they have a few good night's sleep for example they go on holiday and they Mm -hmm. have a few good night's sleep and suddenly they feel like re-energized like it's new human and they'll say oh it's because i've been on holiday but actually we could do that at home if we just took a bit more uh, i guess discipline around our sleep
1: it's a reset isn't it a lot of the time as well You know, it's getting out in the daylight because that age is regulation of your circadian rhythm. It's it's just, it's so vital to sleep. I mean, without it, if we don't get enough, we feel a bit down, we can feel anxious, we can feel depressed, really affects your mood. Mm. You know, whether or not you're ready to seize the day or just get through the bare basics that you've got to get through if you haven't had enough sleep. And I hate that feeling. I hate feeling like I'm on the back foot if I haven't slept enough. So it's really, really important, I think, that we can, so that we can be fully present Mm. in our day-to-day lives that we give ourselves the gift of enough sleep and quality sleep as well.
0: Yeah, it is a gift, it absolutely is. I definitely was hoping to get more sleep tonight. Um, And then anyone who, we mentioned that your life is busy and I'm sure you're not always at home in your own environment, in your own bedroom, in your own Mm -hmm. bed. Mm -hmm. So if you're traveling, do you have any sleep tips, any things that you try and do to ensure that even if you're in a new space, in a new place, that you can still get your seven or
1: six and a half or seven and a half hours? When I'm travelling I'd and actually buy my bed at home, I've always got my little sleep kit which is a spray, a little spray I make myself with chamomile and like essential oils with lavender chamomile in a water base, like a spray, so I spray my pillow. It's like a routine for me now that really helps. <laughs> and I have earplugs because I can't bear any noise. I sleep really lightly, so if someone bangs the door in the middle of the night to go I'm like no. So earplugs and an eye mask, because I can't, you know, there's little cracks of light that come through the blinds. They wake me up. So that is my kit, whether, no matter where I'm sleeping, that is by the side of the bed
0: yeah small things but absolute things. game changer but it's a game yeah. changer the eye mask was one that i discovered mm-hmm. and i think i'd seen people wearing them before and just thought oh, okay and maybe on flights and then when you actually have one oh my mm-hmm. goodness it's like you can be anywhere anytime jet lagged whatever put that eye mask on and it's almost become i think as well it's a bit of a cue because mm-hmm. obviously if you sleep with it all the time it becomes a cue so eye mask absolute game changer if you haven't
1: tried it Get an eye mask. Especially when it gets light in the mornings when spring is coming and the daylight's creeping through, That you know, around about 5.30 in the morning, it will wake you up. So get the eye mask on. Top tip yes. for at least another 45 minutes sleep great okay
0: so next up (laughs) breath you kind of just talked about it a little bit saying that maybe doing some breath exercises before bed Mm -hmm. now breath work is something i discovered a few years ago and i kind of turned into one of those people which i tell people not to do where i started telling everybody about it you've (laughs) got to do breath work you've got to try breath work breath work's the best thing ever and i've been an incredible it's been so useful such a useful tool for me over the last few years Mm -hmm. and in fact i think i've kind of yeah i need to bring it back into my life because i haven't been doing breath work recently um, but
1: when and how did you first discover the benefits of breath work? Well, I started reading about it because I I was working out with my trainer and he was telling me about lung capacity of athletes and about breath as a tool for making you more athletic and and how we underuse our breath. And a lot of us are guilty of breathing from our chests rather than our stomachs. And this started to resonate with me because I thought, hang on a minute, I never push my stomach out when I breathe we're supposed to do that. I've been breathing in for about 20 years. (laughs) Um, You know, because we do subconsciously and a lot of us. And so I just started reading up about breath and it was a revelation for me to realize that actually here we are going through our lives and we're breathing and we just, you know, we think we're doing it properly because we, you know, it's what we do subconsciously. It's involuntary. But when you actually realize that you can breathe in a way that will make you healthier, that will give you greater clarity of thought, that will calm you down in the moment if you need it, and that you can use your breath. You know, we all get, we all have moments of anxiety and stress and the old cortisol hormones start racing if something triggers us. For me, it's if I'm driving in the car and someone cuts me up. (laughs) To be able to just kind of think, okay, breathe, just breathe smile and wave that's what i think i think don't scowl don't you know just smile and breathe and so if mm. i take a deep breath i use that breath as a tool to not only put myself in the moment but to calm myself down and just mm. breathe in and count to three and then sort of breathe out count to five and suddenly it's a reset you're okay again you're back in yourself and you you know the the stress hormones have just exited swiftly and it, it really really helps and i find it helps as well particularly at night when you know our minds won't let us sleep because we're doing the to-do list I know I do um gotta do this oh no I forgot the PE kit for school and the are doing cross country tomorrow and she needs those trainers so those are the things that keep me awake at night so by focusing on the breath for me it's really effective more effective than um, meditation because I can't I find I can't ne- I really want to be a meditative guru that's my dream it's not that easy to action is it practically because your mind doesn't stop forming thoughts so the conscious breathing thing and concentrate on the breath for me is a brilliant tool for just falling asleep for instant calm and I got into it and so I researched it a little bit further and I contacted a breath expert she's an incredible lady called Rebecca Dennis and she's written lots of best-selling books about the power of harnessing your breath she runs breath workshops I've attended. And yeah, it was a real game changer for me talking to her and learning from her about how, you know, the breath exercises that she uses as a reset, as a calming tool. And it was just, you know, the whole breath health connection and how it can change your mood and how for me, it's just, yeah, it's been a real eye opener. It's something we can all access. It's free and we can do it in a moment and it will. Help how we feel. It will help our overall well-being
0: absolutely if we do it, really it, properly. it can it can shift your state and as you said it can be calming but I, mm-hmm. I think something i found quite powerful about breath work is it's you know depending on which different exercises you're doing and for how long you can use breath work to calm you but you can also mm-hmm. use it to uh to re-energize you and to wake you up so you could use like a really energizing breath work and i love the way you say reset because depending on what's happening throughout the day i often think i have to context switch quite a lot so it might be going from recording a podcast might be going on to stay to give a talk it might be going into parenting mode and going to the sideline at football so yeah Mm -hmm. these reset moments as you said sometimes you think oh that slump where you might think oh you know what I'm I'm shattered you -hmm. can actually do breath work in the car 10 minutes five minutes before you go into your next thing to really kind of wake you up and pep you up as well yeah so yeah
1: it's it's such a powerful thing and yeah we have an exercise in the book, which is like espresso breaths, where you sort of, where you breathe quickly through the nose. It's like taking short, quick breaths and they really energize you. They really get the oxygen flowing. And uh, yeah, it's true, isn't it? We can really sort of use the power of our breath to, as a mindfulness tool as well, but also to help energize us. So yeah, I think it's a bit of untapped magic right there. And I'm just totally into it. And I really think it's a game changer me too and i encourage people
0: if you if you've never tried it you might have heard me talk about it before on this podcast but i would encourage you to give it a go even if you're skeptical even if you think oh come on breath work it's another trend or it's another thing that people want me to try what have you got to lose you might try it and you might feel like actually this is something absolutely free and something mm-hmm. i can access anytime, every day, wherever i am whatever i'm doing so give it a go give it a go all right next up in the list so we've we've covered sleep we've covered breathe the next one i want to talk to you about is eat now this is another big topic i am a foodie i love to cook i love to eat and when it comes to our well-being food is well it's there's so much information isn't there about what to eat when Mm -hmm. to eat how Mm -hmm. much we should eat and for a lot of people it can be really overwhelming every week they're hearing something different and i always say to people you've kind of just got to figure out what works for you so tess these days what is what is that like for you what's your approach when it comes to food
1: well for me i'm just fascinated by the fact that food has the power to make you feel supercharged or not it has the power to be literally medicine it, mm. obviously we know it builds the blocks of our body but it can make us well or not you know and there are foods that have like superfoods that have wonderful properties that can help you fight colds and boost your immune such as ginger and garlic, which I sneak into pretty much every recipe that I, I do at home and juices as well. Um, and I just I, I just think it's fascinating that we can we can heal ourselves through food, through the food we eat. Um, and so I just love making meals for my own family, because I love I love making meals. For me it's an act of love sharing gorgeous food that is healthy with the ones you love. Um, And so, yeah, for me, I just, I I enjoy it. I'm a foodie like you. Food has always been my friend. I refuse to ever let it be my enemy. I'm not counting calories. I'm not dieting. I'm just trying to eat healthy foods that have a benefit on my overall well-being. And when you cook and you eat those foods, it feels like a win because you're doing something good for yourself. You know, you are fueling yourself through the food you eat. And this does not make me a saint. By the way, I have a sweet tooth that must be satisfied every day, with chocolate in the afternoon. But my meat, because I, you know, I love chocolate. Um, but my meals are healthy; they're whole food based. I haven't eaten red meat since I was sort of in my teens, just because I didn't enjoy it. Um, so I've been pretty much plant based since then. But I love chicken and fish as well, so they're incorporated into a lot of my recipes. Um, so I just think, you know, it's just. I just, I just think it's really interesting how the food we eat affects our gut health, which affects our mental health, which affects the way we feel, the way we think, our every, our everything, you know, it comes from our gut and from the food that we put in our bodies, so I'm really passionate about that. Yes, and you
0: can tell because people who love to cook and love to eat mm-hmm. and love to share food. I mm. feel like I could talk about food all day. Same. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely ask you a few more questions about <laughs> food then. So I've actually I actually read that you said that your uh, approach to ch- to food has changed throughout different stages and different
1: ages of your life. So what did what did you mean by that? Well, when I was sort of growing up um, up north, I left in my late teens to sort of travel the world, and because um, I was working in the fashion industry then. As a model. Um early on I never I wasn't exposed to different kinds of food. Um and so it was like meat and two veg and potatoes with everything. And, and so for me, when I left home in my late teens and I started travelling the world, I lived in Japan, I lived in the States, I lived in France and Italy and Spain, um, from the age of seventeen to twenty. I lived in those places and it was, it was huge. Just like a taste journey of discovery. I'd never, you know, I'd never eaten Italian food before. Uh, I'd never eaten sushi and raw fish. The idea of it was mind blowing. Food that you didn't cook uh, coming from my background that I came from. And I honestly feel like I've been on a taste journey ever since really. And I think that's where my love of food came from because I couldn't believe that it was just so colorful and exotic and tasty and different than what I'd grown up with. And, um, yeah, so I think as I, and then as you become a parent, you start, you start to look at food differently as well, because you want to nourish those people that you love through food. And they are these pure little beings who have come into the world and you want to sort of, you just want to nurture them. And so for me, you know, I just, my love of, of, of healthy food really, I suppose, began in my late teens. And I've been on that journey ever since really living in America early on um when would that be sort of late mid 90s um and food was food was a big deal there because people would either overindulge or they'd be totally militantly healthy about it there was no in between because obviously there's a lot of chemicals st- in the food in the states and stuff that's been banned here for years for example and food colorings and they were still and i think still to this day many of them are still in a lot of foods over there. so people would choose to either be have the huge, you know, sodas with their drinks that were the size of a suitcase. that You need two hands to lift up from the table or they'd be juicing non-stop three times a day and only, and only eating raw vegetables. There was sort of nothing in between there I found. And so I got into studying nutrition a little bit there. Uh, just because I was very interested in how people approached it. There was no gray area, you know, it was either black or white and uh, came back here. And because of the, because of the industries that I've worked in, I have been around a lot of people who have been sort of into food for the wrong reasons, as in they they they've denied themselves. People would be dieting perhaps too much, and it wouldn't be healthy. And I was around that. I I I witnessed that, and I I realized it didn't make it didn't lead to happiness, and so it was not something that I wanted to do because I loved my food, you know, and food. I was always I always had a good relationship with food. Um, so I've worked hard to maintain that. Becoming a parent, I've sort of Made sure that my children have embraced the same mindset, if you like, so they have a healthy relationship with food and they understand the nutritional value of certain foods, or otherwise. And yeah, I mean, food is to be enjoyed. It's 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 a taste journey that you know I don't ever want to get off. Quite frankly
0: yeah, yeah, oh gosh, I love that. Well, so many things I was thinking then as you're we talking, I don't want to interrupt you, but one about about the binary approach that you described in the states, and I think to be honest, I see that again mirrored sometimes in the well being industry. And this mm. idea that it's very binary, so people will advocate for you know uh, exclusion diets that are very limiting, mm. or as you said, it can be this kind of you know one extreme to the other, listen to your body, have anything and everything, whatever you want. And I think it is important for people to find that balance in the middle, so and important. the second thing You got me thinking about when you said about Japan, which sounds incredible. I am visiting Japan next month with my son. Wow, we've never been before. We're going to visit friends. And what you said about the, you know, growing up up north and the food. And I'm sure his, (laughs) I'm sure his grandma wouldn't mind me saying this, but I know the first thing that went in through her mind when I told her that I was taking you to Japan was, "What's he going to eat?" She was, she was (laughs) horrified. she was a food, so you love it yeah i love this idea of a taste journey that's what i'm going to tell yes. her we're going on a taste journey yeah, so if you it. had to tell us three foods that you always have in your kitchen no matter what all the time which three foods do you always have
1: um it would probably be avocados eggs and coleslaw homemade oh. homemade a lot of the time a bit oh, that was a curveball. I
0: always thought yeah. it was going to be. I thought after you said uh, after eggs, I thought you were going to say chocolate because yeah. oh, yeah. I should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want chocolate. Sorry, I forgot. There's always a little bar there just in case. And who does most of the cooking in, in your house? Because I know there's so many wonderful recipes in the new book. So who does most of the cooking?
1: Me. Yeah. Definitely me. Yeah. My husband will do the occasional guest appearance in the kitchen. He might do a little fancy steak for the girls because I don't really cook red meat very often. Um, so we might do that uh, or a stir fry or sea bass. That's probably, his, or spaghetti bolognese. That's his repertoire. Uh, I'm grateful when it appears, uh, and it's lovely to see and the girls enjoy it, but yeah, I'd say the kitchen really is more my terrain. I'm sort of, yeah, but he's got, you know, he's great. You do a great breakfast on the weekend, get the eggs out, chop some peppers in there, throw some garlic in and whip up a nice little sort of Sunday brunch. But oh, yeah, this is making me so. this is making me feel hungry, which actually,
0: as I said, we've not been well, so I'm really pleased that my appetite is returning. It's a good sign. Um, so next up and the fourth one i wanted to talk to you about is move now again listeners of this show people who know me will know that exercise and movement is what i am all about i have always been active i can't sit still i'm currently training for the london marathon <laughs> oh, this wow. is my jam so <laughs> i guess i'm gonna hand over to you tess
1: for you to tell us what kind of exercise do you enjoy well i like to move i don't really like being sedentary and still the only time i'm still is when i'm watching something really good on the telly or i'm driving um or perhaps reading a good book which is why i've just always got to have a good book on the go because it does force me to be still because i'm sort of guilty of moving too much really uh as in yeah my metabolism is quite fast and it doesn't allow me to (laughs) sit for very long um it can be useful of course because i get lots done but let's be honest, most of us do need to up our cardio a little bit. So moving is about, for me, it's about staying fit, staying flexible. It's about working out a couple of times a week. And if I can't get near a gym, uh, then I will just do, I'll get I'll, I'll get on the carpet at home. I'll get my iPad out and I'll do a little yoga class or something I'll do, or I'll do a little cardio class or I'll get my skipping rope out in the back garden and I'll skip And just moving a little, for me moving, it energizes me. It gets the endorphins going. For me, a little skip in the morning, three minutes is better than a coffee. I mean, I do still need a cup of builder's tea prior to skipping actually. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Full disclosure, but you know, it really gets, it really gets the endorphins going. It really wakes you up. And I do sort of, and and then I do low intensity stuff every day. Just even if it's for 10 minutes in the morning, or at the end of the day to relax, I'll do yoga stretches. Because for me, flexibility, as you get older, it's really important because, you know, you want to spring out of that chair every time you jump up, you want to fly up the stairs. So flexibility, I think, is so important in keeping ourselves fit and able to take on all the tasks that our day demands. So I'll do a bit of yoga pretty much every day. I'll do stretches, I'll get my resistance band out most days and I'll stretch out my legs and my calves. Um, so yeah, bit of cardio, bit of skipping and then a bit of stretching, but pretty much, pretty much every day I'll do a bit of that. But I don't mean I'll do a workout for an hour every day because I don't, but I will definitely stretch
0: well that's what i was going to ask next actually was about this idea of having a routine and is it very structured or is it kind of um you know does it vary because as you said you might not work out every single day but you want to you want to move and you want to be active yeah. now for some people if their schedule gets busy the first yeah. thing to go on the list is exercise because they know it okay is. i can't make it all the way to the gym or i can't do my full hour workout so instead of that it just becomes nothing and i have quite a few friends you know if they've got they have this again all or nothing approach to exercise so they're like when i'm busy know i'm not going to make it to a class so they might not exercise for two three four weeks at a time and then once things are you know back on track they say okay i'm back now and they start exercising again so yeah yeah, how can people kind of i guess yeah shift their mind to thinking actually even if i can't do the whole hour how can they start to fit in little little moments little five minutes
1: or or ten minutes
0: around their busy schedule
1: i think it needs to become a habit because we are all busy 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 and we've all got so many demands on our time now um, that it's always going to be last on our list if we don't make it a priority, if we don't make it a habit. So for me, yeah. what works is setting my alarm 10, 15, 20 minutes before everyone else gets up, um, so that I know I've got that window of time before it gets super busy and you're being pulled in all directions and you've, you know the to-do list is in full flow. <laughs> and that's it until tomorrow, or until you're winding down at the end of the day, anyway for me. So for me I've tried I set my alarm a little bit earlier so that I can have... Those ten or fifteen minutes after the cup of tea, just to whether it's stretch, whether it's to, you know, for me I'll get on the floor and I'll do a few like yoga poses like on the mat. I'll do a, I'll do a few like stretches. Um, I'll I'll do my neck stretches, shoulder stretches because it's really good as well because you can breathe. You can do your breathing exercise at the same time as you do your neck stretches, yoga. You know, and you can sort of multitask with that so it feels like a little reset for the day, and that really works for me. And also I've got those few core exercises now down pat, whereby I know I can spend 10 or 15 minutes in my day. I can slot it in, even if it's at the end of the day, just before I start when I've come in from work or I start prepping dinner. If I can just like close the door, take myself there for 15 minutes and do a few lunges, a few planks, just I'll, I'll set my alarm on my phone and I'll do a minute for a plank for a minute, for example. And I'll just do that, and then the alarm will go off, and then I'll rest for a minute, and then I'll do another plank for a minute. And I might do that for sort of three or five minutes, and then I'll do a few lunges. Again, I'll set the alarm for a minute. And that'll take me a total of, say, ten minutes, but I know that I've done a few things for myself, got the heart rate up. You know, I've worked on a little bit of cardio, I've worked on a little bit of strengthening, but it's only taken ten minutes. So that's what I'll do if I've got a limited amount of time. But I will try and commit to a couple of times, two or three times a week, where I am spending an hour cardio you know i am sort of getting heart rate up and i am working out Mm.
0: and well the word habit is key there and i can tell Mm. you can tell how you know you can just rattle off i'll do this i'll do a plank i'll do lunges you can tell that it's become a habit for you because you haven't got to necessarily think okay what am I gonna do? What do I need? And I think that is a game changer as well. If people can start to, you know, making exercise a habit. After after a certain amount of time, you almost have this like repertoire yourself. You don't necessarily need to go and okay, I'm gonna follow this trainer or follow this class. It's great to do that, but when yeah. you can't, just having that repertoire of things, go-to moves that you can do, even the basics as well. We overlook the basics. We want to do this, you know, really fantastic, amazing workouts that optimize every muscle in the body. But I always say to people, literally just use what you've got. If you can mm-hmm. if you can jump on the spot if you can do jump jacks if you can do um you know squats, yeah, high lunges, knees just, uh, you can do yeah, it on the high spot. Knees.
1: just get your knees up get your heart rate up and you can do it for it just set your phone for a minute and that's what's brilliant with skipping why i love skipping because it's all well, you need a skipping rope set your alarm for a minute yeah, skipping's hard though skipping skip, skip, is skip. hard i know it, it is but it's joyful it just yeah. feels great it lifts your mood uh it makes you feel like a kid again and so and you know it doesn't cost much and you can do it in the back garden i do mine in, in the in the conservatory next to the kitchen when it's frosty out and it's slippery i'm like oh i'm still gonna give it a go because it yeah after, sometimes you don't feel like doing it but keep your skipping rope handy because if it's out of sight you'll forget and you won't do it mm. so i tend to keep like you know my running trainers and my skipping rope in sight so that i don't forget they're there. so it's easy just to reach from and do that for a couple of minutes you know make those habits easier and second nature and you will stick to them
0: Absolutely. Yes. Visual cues. I love that. Mm -hmm. And so one question I have to ask you is, do you train with Vernon? Do you train with your husband? Because I train with my husband, we do Mm -hmm. workouts together, we train for the marathon together. And I've got friends that say to me, how do you go running together? How do you train together? Because they're either Uber competitive and they just fall out when they train, or they're like, actually, that's their time to be solo, to be quiet, to be by
1: themselves. So mm-hmm. yeah, do you train together, or are you a solo kind of trainer? Well, the short answer is no, because <laughs> he's very like all or nothing. So he's either really into it, where his fitness is his main, you know, his his priority and he's t- totally into it, or he's not, you know, and then he doesn't do it for sort of four months. And he'd be the first to admit that. So if we, if we went to gym together, which is basically a shed at the bottom of the garden, um, (laughs) with a few mats on the floor and a few weights, um, I get in there with him and he is very knowledgeable, bless him, and he tries really, he's like, yeah, do this, this is better for you, and this makes the muscle extension work, but I'm a bit like, okay, I know what I'm doing, I'm just gonna go over here with my little dumbbells, I'm gonna do this, and I know what works for me, and I know, so we, (laughs) it gets a bit like, it's the battle of the who knows the most, if you know what I mean, So uh, yeah, he means really well, but I would rather just do it on my own because then I can focus.
0: Yeah, I'm sure many people are gonna be uh, smiling (laughs) along and thinking, yes, exactly, leave me alone, let me do my workout.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
0: All right. Well, we kind of, you kind of almost told us about this. And I'm sure everyone knows that at the end of the show, I always ask the guests to tell us about their power hour. That is what the show is all about. Mm-hmm. And essentially it is about the first hour of each day. So for some people that is a morning routine for others. It's just being intentional and cultivating mm-hmm. an hour before they dive into their, the demands of the day, the kids, the work, etc.
1: So Tess, can you tell us what does the first hour of your day typically include? first hour of my day well I can't really remember unless it's like a Sunday morning when the teenagers are still in bed it's that's the only time I get a full hour to myself in the morning before everyone gets up but my day would start with um getting up kettle on cup of tea because that is what motivates me in the morning is a cup of builder's tea strong um and I'll do that and then I'll sort of sit down the cup of tea quietly and I'll think about the day ahead. Uh, I'll go through my diary, what I'm doing. And then I'll just put that to the side for a minute and think, I am not going to be on my phone for the first 15 minutes of my day. I refuse to start looking at the news. I refuse to get sucked into that vacuum. I wouldn't dream of checking social media in the first hour of my day. Just wouldn't do it um, because it takes you out the moment and demands you time, then you're sucked into that vacuum. It just feels like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. So I would sort of, Focus on the day ahead, little recap of what I'm doing, and then I would sit quietly, no devices, just going over the day ahead. I might do a bit of conscious breathing. Like I said, I might do a little bit of stretching out on the floor. I might stop because for me, that whole kind of stretch thing in the morning, that little yogic like stretch, the stretches that I do, they they, they're sort of organic. So I'll I'll move my, I'll start moving something. I think, oh gosh, that calf needs a bit of a massage or from wearing high heels, running around the studio floor yesterday. So I'll start with that and then I'll start stretching that. And then some other muscle starts demanding your attention. And that will turn into a 10 minute stretch for me. Cause I'm like, oh, now I just instinctively want to do a downward dog. <laughs> I want to do a child's pose. I want to do a warrior. And so I'll do a little bit of stretching perhaps as well. And then I will feed the doggies, um, rouse the kids warm the cars, prepare the breakfast, uh, get ready and dressed, moisturise all that lovely business and then the day has begun. I'm running. It sounds
0: it sounds <laughs> great. And it sounds, and that's it, right? Intentional, intuitive, listening and saying, actually start moving a little bit. Cause that's also the thing, especially I think in the winter if you wake up in the morning and you're mm-hmm. cold and you kind of feel like your body, for me anyway, feels like I need to move to kind of mobilize and wake my body up. And yep. yeah, sometimes it is just a case of start moving first and then see where it goes, see where it leads, you know, be, mm-hmm. be a bit, you know, it doesn't have to be super structured again. Cause your body just, talks to
1: you, doesn't it? It just does, yeah. you know, if you listen to it, it will tell you what needs attention I just find if you sit quietly with yourself your body will tell you if you need to stretch if you need to massage that calf if you need to you know I roll a tennis ball under my foot for like instant reflexology that's my favorite thing do in the morning just try it it's amazing it's like a little foot massage it feels awesome but then you can't stop because it feels too good so maybe do it at night instead because <laughs> you're like oh yes that's hitting those nerve endings So yeah, your body will tell you what needs attention when you sit quietly with it. And that's why I think it's a real luxury to spend a little bit of time in the morning just to focus and reset.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I should have asked you before, but are you, do you think regardless of work schedules, regardless of the weather, do you think you're naturally more a night owl or are you a natural early riser?
1: Um, I think probably more of an early riser because I can't, once I'm awake, that's it, I've got to get out of bed. I can't just kind of lie there languorously thinking, oh, I think I might read or I might have another half hour. I can't. Once, since I'm woke, that's it, I'm out of bed quite early. Yeah, so I get up pretty early in the weekdays. But then my my perfect luxury is not setting the alarm on a Sunday and being able to let your body wake up naturally, which for me is usually about 8.15 naturally, 6.30 when the alarm's on. But um, I do like staying up late as well. So I kind of burn it both ends really. So I like Mm. staying up late because then I I managed to get a little bit of me time right at the end of the day perhaps when it's all gone quiet. And I've, you know, (laughs) done all the to-do list. So yeah, bit of both, is that allowed? Can I have both? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. And I think to be honest, that's probably most people's challenges, especially people like yourself. People have got a lot of energy. They want to do all the things. They're like, say yes to everything. Yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And they're up early. And like you say, before you realize you've actually, if you wear a, uh, an activity watch or tracker, mm-hmm. I've been wearing mine more recently because of training for this race. And mm-hmm. I don't normally wear it every day. And then I notice because it'll tell you how many hours you've stood. And sometimes it will say 18. And I realize I'm like, wow. you've been awake for 18 hours. That's a long day. It because is similar day. to you. Sometimes I'm 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 up early, busy, busy, mm-hmm. busy, and then yeah, it's uh I think the the discipline around sleep, you know, we discussed it at the start, but the discipline around sleep for me has never been about not pressing snooze in the morning or being able to mm-hmm. rouse myself out of bed. The discipline for sleep with me comes at nighttime. It's like getting up those stairs, everything yeah, devices off, to going to
1: bed because there's always so distractions. True. Right,
0: there's always I reasons know. to stay up late.
1: That's why I just won't do emails after like nine at night. I'm like, please don't email me after nine because I need to cook I need quiet time in my head now. otherwise we're always on high alert and we can't defuse from that if you know what I mean. We can't sort of put ourselves in the moment because everyone's demanding that our attention. And so I think it's quite nice to sort of yeah turn off notifications off your phone, say no emails after nine. I know we're all busy and we need that time and we do need to sort of use it sometimes to get stuff done. But you know, you've, sometimes you got to let yourself off the hook.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My friends and family know they won't get a response from me late at night. And, and to be honest, it's quite funny because a friend messaged me the day on WhatsApp. And I think when I saw it in the morning, it must've said, she must've sent it at maybe 10.01. And then <laughs> five minutes later, she sent a message saying, oh, I know she's in bed. I'll wait to respond. I wait for your response in the morning. Cause she mm-hmm. knew. She's like, if you yeah. message
1: Adrienne at 10 o'clock, she's not going back to you. Fair <laughs> enough. I know because otherwise yeah. you get into a conversation that goes on and on, doesn't it? Before you know it, it's 11 o'clock.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation, Tess. I knew that I would. I feel energized. Oh, and as I nice. said, I feel like my appetite is coming back. So before we have to wrap up, I would love, firstly, if you could if you could tell
1: us when the book is out and where we can all get the book. Mm-hmm. Well, it's out on March 16. <laughs> really excited. And yeah, you can get it from all good bookstores on Amazon. And I hope you really enjoy it because I'm really proud of it. So yeah,
0: loved it. I'll have to send you one yes please do please do and i've got two quick fire questions for you although they're quite tricky so hopefully we can do them quickly the first one is what would you do if you had an extra hour every single day you've got 25 hours now
1: gosh that's brilliant isn't it an extra hour every day i think i'd probably read more because i just love reading you know i listen to in my car i'm always listening to audiobooks i can't get enough because that's how we learn isn't it So we further our knowledge through books. And so I think I would have a guilt-free hour with a good book or three.
0: Great. next question is, what is something that you have bought for £100 or less that brings you joy? Uh, Oh, what I
1: bought? Cushions. (laughs) There you go. Cushions make me happy. Do you know why? Because you can change the look of your room in in a moment. It's a cheap and effective way to sort of, give your room a makeover so I'm a little bit cushion obsessed cushions really oh. make me happy it's probably that point in my life I might now. but yeah cushions <laughs> it used to be shoes still shoes but cushions <laughs> yeah they live my mood so probably cushions I you love that a few cushions I never... for 100 quid couldn't you yeah
0: i love the answer and i never know what people are going to say so i always (laughs) love to ask that question thank you so much tess i've really really enjoyed talking to you and to the listeners thank you so much for tuning in each week i hope you've absolutely loved it of course let us know you can rate you can review all that good stuff and i'll be back next week with another episode thanks tess
1: thank you so much for having me bye